one. Hello, everyone. This is a special edition episode of JML for Real, a special edition episode. Today, we will be kicking off our rebuttal and add-on series, our rebuttal and add-on series. This is your host, JML. What is the rebuttal and add-on series? Well, simply put, we're trying to build a community around JML for Real, and uh, one of the great ways to do that is by giving people who are in that community a chance to come onto the show and say, hey, you missed this in that show you did. So I want to do a rebuttal show or I don't agree with your take on this. You didn't have all the information. So I want to do a rebuttal show or you know what? The show was great, but you didn't mention this guy at on. Can we do an add on? So this is the AFC North rebuttal and add on show. Today, we will be featuring the man who brought this to my attention and uh, one of one of my great friends from uh, the Loaf League. It's Zach. Abdel Noor, and uh, he is here today with us, and we will be definitely having a good time breaking down the AFC North just quickly, not as in there, not as thoroughly as Ethan and I did, but uh, over the next half hour or so, we'll be breaking it down and uh, adding on some a few things. And uh, how are you doing today, Zach? I'm good. So first of all, I think this is uh, I think we should just end it right here. You pronounced the last name flawlessly, end on a high note, call it a day. <laughs> batting a thousand um oh thank you well. thank you we I'm like ending on a high forth. note but you know what we're yeah. gonna end on even a better high note than that how's that sound sounds good we should start strong and strong yep and have strong yeah, content so. in the middle too okay so yeah. before we jump into this uh i do want to point out a few things uh last night i asked a question and i didn't give an answer during the episode it was uh, how many times have the Ravens actually come back from being down by two stores? Yes, stores I was waiting for that stat. And uh, Lamar Jackson is one in four when down by two scores. And his only game where he's come back from it was the playoff game last year against the Tennessee Titans when they were down 10-0 in the first quarter. That is the only time that Lamar Jackson has led uh, led the Ravens past two scores down almost every game where they have large success they actually jump (laughs) up by two scores early wow so now here's the question what constitutes two scores nine points yeah nine nine points constitutes uh two scores uh though none of the his two score down games were were just nine points it was 10 or higher in every single one of them and honestly i get it that uh a, a win is a win in that scenario but he, they were down 10-0 to the Titans in the first quarter, and they had that corrected by halftime. So he's never come back down two scores in the second half, and he's come back once down two scores at all during the course of a game. Okay. These are fun facts. By so J-Mail. the truth is, if a defense can jump on that offense early and has a good enough offense to wrap scores around it, there is a great chance that the Ravens are not going to come back from that. And honestly, with what we reviewed last night, uh, the, the Steelers and defense the Browns all have the option to do that this year. Yeah, I liked how you guys went into the offensive powers. I'm surprised we didn't do a full quarterback comparison in that one. Um, you know, that's usually the fun one for the analysts out there because Big Ben, I think if you take all the games and years, you mush them together for the three current quarterbacks of the other teams. Big Ben is like double there, whatever, you know, which 
fill in the blank age, games played, games lost, games won, sacks. Actually, Joe Burrow might have more sacks in his one season. Yeah, um, no, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ben had a few really bad offensive lines in there, though, where he took his share of yes. a beating. Uh, took, Baker and Lamar do not know what it's like to be hit in the same way that Burrow and Ben do. Yeah. But, yeah, no, that, that, that Burrow season last year was uh, was disastrous when it came to that. But uh, And one other thing I wanted to point out, uh, I wanted to apologize to Ravens fans and Mark Andrews fans we did not mention Mark Andrews by name at all. Yeah, I was I was stunned because I think Mark Andrews, one of my boldish predictions, and we'll probably get into our add-ons later, but that Mark Andrews might finish the league as the number one tight end this year, which is boldish because he's usually like a top four guy. But I think with yeah. the with the way that the receivers are set up and the way that the run game will be one sided. So, per se. I do think that Lamar Jackson's going to have to throw uh, more. Um, I think because you have the one back, you have, I think, more fluidity in the, the downs. There's less choppiness. Mm-hmm. And I think with their O-line, which we, I think the consensus is, has improved to an extent. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I think it wasn't it wasn't worth yeah. mentioning one way or another because it's not a great offensive line and it's not a bad yeah. offensive line. It's a, it's a solid above average offensive line. Yeah, the bold prediction is basically because of the wide receiver core, the speed that they have. I think they're going to add the depth out. I think uh, J.K. has the ability to because he's there for three downs. They're going to be more creative with it, other than he's running solely or he's catching solely. And I yeah. think as that being the option, him, I think you and uh, Ethan touched on this, him rolling out with Lamar rolling out the other way, that middle of the field is going to be occupied not so heavily because you're going to have people covering the top. You're going to have – you got to have your linebacker on Lamar. You're going to have to have a linebacker or some type of zone scheme for the running back going out. So Mark Andrews more times than not will be single covered or zone covered. And he's not a scrub. So I'm, I'm thinking big numbers for him this year. I think Travis Kelsey takes a dip because Kansas City did not address the wide receiver issue. They addressed it with linemen, in a sense, and it's Patrick Mahomes. But I think Travis Kelsey isn't the number one this year because CEH hasn't proved himself to receive linebacker coverage. Pat Mahomes is not a scrambling quarterback in the sense of you need to have a linebacker on. And uh, – Again, who's your wide receiver there other than Tyreek Hill? Yes, Tyreek Hill probably takes two or three people to cover him. But last year's Super Bowl, it showed that these guys dropped everything that Patrick Mahomes threw. He literally was diving forward, throwing <laughs> it, and he threw it dead to the mask of, I think, Nicole Hardman, like in the face mask, in the end zone. And it's like you, you could have literally just given – someone six points and it would have been more difficult than that catch and it just showed a little more of that shaky wide receiver core and I was stunned and I'm sure we're going to touch on this but Juju Smith-Schuster goes out to free agency and they don't snag him some way that's he didn't want to play for them Uh, I don't get it understanding he had he had a contract offer from Kansas City that was 
much greater than the offer that Pittsburgh gave him in the end. And the truth is, Juju wants to be a Steeler. And I think he wants to be a Steeler for life. So is that more a Juju? Because I love him. I think, I, you know, you, you and I have discussed this in length, that he is, if you watch his route running, he is probably the most underappreciated route runner out there. At his well, age. honestly, I think that, you know, I, I think Juju's still the best wide receiver on that team. Like, oh, at, I, I think underutilized. so, too. And everyone, like, uh, it's been, it's not just Ethan. There's a lot of people that consider Deontay Johnson and uh, Chase Claypool uh, one and one A on that team. And I don't know. If that's uh, the case. People like us are actually very much in the minority of thinking that Juju still is uh, the top guy there. But at, but I don't know if it's going to be run that way. See, but here's the question. Me. Here's the question. Okay. Yeah, it does sad to me. I think, well, to get to your point about how it's going to be run, you and I discussed that I think Big Ben's going to force feed it. Like, he might be the second or third option in or out. I think Big Ben's going to skip it and make him his first option because Big Ben was adamant about having on the team for Juju. But I don't like them as a tandem. I'm a Steelers fan. And if you're telling me, oh, let's roll out Claypool and Deontay Johnson as 1A or 1B, you know, they – individually had the most drops as wide receivers and then combined like we're not going anywhere if there are if one of them is our number one right yeah what where's your confidence there is that you're really your number i mean one? unless they're getting drastically better in the offseason but are they deontay johnson's been there what three years now and he's he, the last two years when he started coming on the scene two two years ago he dropped some crucial passes like I think Deontay Johnson's only been there for two years because he he Uh, emerged as a rookie in the year that Ben was injured. So he's been there. This will be his third year. So yeah, yeah, we're 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 right on that. Um. So I guess I mean there are wide receivers that break out uh, in the third or fourth year that where unexplainably their game gets better. It takes wide receivers a little longer to adjust to the NFL most of the time. And I, I completely get Justin Jefferson, CD lamb and last year's rookie class as a whole last year's rookie class was an anomaly folks. It doesn't happen that way. You, if you go back and you look at the white top wide receivers in the league, their rookie seasons that they don't compare to what last year's rookies did. So I just need to make that Slow starts. Very slow uh, so maybe, for any receiving. Maybe Deontay Johnson finds his hands in year three and oh, we're completely wrong. That, I'm sure a Steelers no, fan would love Deontay Johnson finding his no. hands, right? No, I'd hate that because then we're going to rely on him and not a guy like – so this okay. is how I see it. Juju – let's go back to this. Juju is younger than Johnson. Is he? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at him. Johnson, 24 years old. Juju, I believe, is 22 or 23. Hasn't Juju? Oh, it's 24. Sorry. Same age. Same age. 24. Sorry. I was off by a year. That's a a nice little known fact. (laughs) Coronavirus year does not count. So, but he's actually still younger by three. What is that? Six, four, five, five months. Basic math. We got the skills. Basic math. So, (laughs) but with Juju, what I'm seeing is his first year. Coming in as the number two, his route running was up there. 
which is something that usually is the last piece in an NFL team because as you age, you learn the mechanics and you learn the teams. Yeah, you see the angles better. You just, uh, you get some muscle memory that's helping you out a little. Yeah. Uh, There's, yeah, there's all sorts of advantages to, yeah, there's all sorts of disadvantages, but there's all sorts of advantages to aging the NFL. Yes, but usually as a wide receiver, like certain passes, like your hands go through, again, you you gain better quote-unquote hands. But some of these passes that Deontay Johnson dropped last year, these weren't difficult bullet passes. This was a recovering Big Ben who was throwing probably 70% of what he would normally be able to throw. And they were in the hands or in his stride. Or these weren't like turn around last second, catch it before it hits you in the chest kind of throws. You know, and these weren't Deontay Johnson didn't take the deep ball. Claypool did. And deep ball tracking is very difficult. That I'll give Claypool with his drops because a lot of those were deep ball tracking drops. That's not easy. I'm also willing to give Chase Claypool a pass because it's rookie season. Rookie. It's COVID exactly. Year. So th- there's there's a lot of variables that uh, just play against the whole scenario. So exactly. I, I am willing to wait to see what Claypool is this year. Yes. Uh, I'm I agree 100%. Uh, underutilized. But uh, yes. I'm. I if you noticed when I did the show, I didn't kill Claypool the way I killed Johnson because honestly, yeah. the the Johnson drops like I didn't notice the Claypool drops when I was watching Steelers games. I mean, I get you it, noticed the Johnson drops because, because the Johnson drops are like up. are five yard slants that he's dropping, like uh, and uncovered slants. The, it's not like he was body. This is yeah, where, where he, where he could have taken off. 12 to 15 yards down the field so thank it, you so that it was often painful to watch so back to your point i don't think he quote unquote learns hands i think at that that's like stage one of wide receiving it's just having the hands to do your job yeah fair enough like i have i've seen tough catches from juju that you know they're like men catches and again same age same you know same i guess quote-unquote experience so for me for them to just like kind of hang juju out there to dry i don't know what they were thinking because people who take the tandem of johnson claypool i'm looking at juju and claypool you have the big tall guy and the little guy who can yeah literally line up anywhere on the field and at six one he's not that small yeah so okay um so let's so, get back into it. So these are like a little bit of the edits, right? That I'm kind of spewing at you. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I know that there was one other major thing that you wanted to cover. There's one other major thing I wanted to cover. So we jumped on There's your Steeler three. wide receiver part. I'm going to go to the <laughs> Bengals wide receivers. I can't let's believe we didn't take time to rank Tyler Board, uh, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins versus each other because you've seen – You've seen full shows devoted to the Bengals trying to uh, people trying to figure out who is the one, two, and three. I, I kind I of glazed over it that they're all kind of a uh, a one A, one B somewhere in there, as opposed to anyone being a true one. I think uh, it's all. I think it's all twos. But okay. good twos. I think it's yeah, like high end twos. I, I think that's high end twos. I think it's like how Claypool would be two in the scenario. I think it's I think they're all ones in the sense of it's Joe Burrow. And you had mentioned that I, just as a, a edit, you had asked me 
if you thought Joe Burrow was Ru- Russell Wilson 2.0. I and if, if you remember, I gave you, you what you listened yes. to the show, I gave you credit for uh, Russell yes. Wilson 2.0. And I, and I agree. And then I said, yes, I could see that. But I never brought that. You brought up that uh, phraseology. So I'm, I'm kind of giving you the edit of um, your, your, it was half your take in a sense. Oh, okay. Um, I just think Joe Burrow, um, a lot of people thought I was nuts, even from the start. I, I, I was saying that we'll be talking about Joe Burrow as if we talk about Pat, Patrick Mahomes. You know, I didn't think the Bur- – I didn't watch – I'm not 100% sure that I watched more than one Bengals game last year and okay. uh, with him on the field. I Until I looked back at the, the highlights, I didn't realize how good Joe Burrow was. He's, he's something, man. Uh, let me tell you, if you were going to – we should definitely do this at the end of the show, rank the, the quarterbacks of current the teams of the, this division or even of all the like teams, he's up there, man. He, what, what Gruden said, he, he's pretty special, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I know Ethan took the time to rank the quarterbacks last show, but uh, I, didn't, I didn't give my rankings on it because uh, – partially because I was a little stunned at Ben being ranked last. Um, yeah, I don't get Well, in a sense, he is older, but I'm going to give veteran. I'm going to give veteranship a little bit more love. That, and, you know, it, it's uh, w- let's be clear when we rank it, we're, we're ranking them for how we think they're going to do in the 2021 season. Not yeah. not for their careers not for what happened in 2020. How, how will you think they'll be in the 2021 season? So because Just obviously you can win quarterbacks all you losses. want. and want. It's unfair to give Ben credit for his whole career versus three yeah. guys who haven't played as much as him combined. Yes. Uh, so my question would be, is it his stats or are we going to say wins and losses or kind of combined uh, I will leave that up to the person ranking, and I will explain how I ranked based off of that. Okay. So let's um, go back to – before we jump there, I think we should go back to that. Oh yeah. Bengals uh, wideouts real Bengals quick. Are, if I, I think they all them, becomes – I think they all become even-keeled playing field wide receivers in my rankings because – I think that Jamar Chase in a couple of seasons is a legit wide receiver one. I just – Agreed. I'm not willing to say – that you know we caught fire in a bottle with rookie wide receivers last year it, it doesn't happen it, to think that it would happen two years in a row we, we just have to be fooling ourselves like these guys some of these guys uh no, no all these guys had altered college football schedules last year so they didn't have the full advantage of full, full season before rookies may have integrated well into the league last year because there was no of the COVID uh, schedule. Yeah, because of the COVID schedule. So, uh, if anything, rookies might not be as good this year because the COVID schedule, their final year of college, and um, you know, football so, players getting back to full form. So I, games. I can't call Jamar Chase a wide receiver one this year. I still think Joe Burrow loves throwing to the slot. The obvious slot receiver on that team is Tyler Boyd. I still think Tyler Boyd is the best receiver on the Bengals for this year only. Followed by Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. So here's going to be a hot take for you. Okay. Are we just doing receivers or are we doing receiving yards? 
like meaning if we're choosing receivers, I would say Boyd because of the comfort comfortableness with the system. And then you think I would Nixon say, is going to have more receiving yards, or do you think? So I, I have been the biggest non-fan of Joe Mixon his entire career. Okay. I think this year will be the year where I change that narrative because I don't, I don't think he's all that. I think he was overrated when you get him in fantasy drafts or even looking at him run. I, I, I've hated on play. Joe Mixon plenty in my day. I didn't, yes. uh, I, I wasn't as hard on him um, in the pre uh, in this past episode as I was during a normal fantasy season. Cause I do agree. The absence of Gio Bernard does make things easier for him. With that said, I still think he's getting, um, but he's not getting old. So it doesn't matter what I think about him getting old. <sighs> he, he, he just looks, he, he carries himself like an older running back. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I, I guess we'll find out. But uh, I wouldn't think that, uh, I, I agree with you, it's a hot take that Mixon could lead the team in receiving yards. But I, I also don't think it's completely unreasonable to think that that might be a thing. And here's my reasoning. So I think Boyd will get the, the lion's share of these normal targets. They're going to plan for Boyd being one. I think Chase will take two. And I think um, Higgins will be the number three. I think Chase will take two just because of the chemistry. That's already there, right? They played already. I'm not yeah. getting things mixed up. They played together. I think the chemistry there will have that quote-unquote security that Burrow will feel comfortable checking it down or going to the second receiver that is – his previous teammate. That's no, yeah. no brainer. I think they're going to not only design plays for Joe Mixon, not only to be the number one swing pass or the number two option, but I also think in scenarios where we know that O-line has not improved and he's scrambling, the Bengals tight end situation is basically the giant question mark on the entire map. Like, I don't even know who their tight end is at this point. It's uh, CJ Umanoza or something like that. Yeah, uh, so we, we don't know them. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's it's not a good situation. But you know, Uzoma or Uzoma, Uzoma. It might be Uzoma. I didn't have the name in front of me when I tried to pronounce it. Yeah, let's see. I'll look it up too. But I think that in the checkdown department, in the scramble department, in the I need to get this out of my hands because Joe Mixon will be the three down back. It's no longer Bernard back there. I think those targets are going to add up. Well, that that's also where some of the comfort comes thrown to the slot too. That that that's why I think that. Uh, and I, I'm not saying that you know it could. If I had to rate them next year, I, I'm putting Jamar Chase over Tyler Boyd. But for one more season, the comfort of the, of that slot player who he had a connection with last year. Like, oh, absolutely. It was it was a very real connection, and I get it that he had a connection with Chase in college. But uh, uh, you know what? I'm on a tangent for one moment. Yeah. Just because you had a connection with someone in college, that only gives you a head start. That doesn't make mean it mean it's going to be better for the for full sure. career. The truth yeah. is, when a superstar wide receiver gets paired up with a superstar quarterback, it there's always chemistry, even yeah. if they hate each other. But now, is are we saying that Boyd is a superstar first of all? And then no, no, I, I'm talking yeah. about the whole uh, Jamar Chase Joe Burrow yes. thing. Yeah, like you know, McNabb and To did not like each other, but there was a connection. Yeah. Uh, um, who was it? It was was it Stefan Diggs uh, didn't like Kirk Cousins. Adam Thielen didn't like Kirk Cousins. No one likes Kirk Cousins, right? I don't he think he doesn't get along with any of his either. wide receivers. <laughs> 
Um, you know, we can go through, we can go through history. Uh, we can even go through current history. Uh, Michael Thomas and Drew Brees were, were, were not good friends by any stretch of the imagination. And they put up a record setting season. So the whole, it's, it's his favorite wide receiver from college is great for one year, maybe two years to get the jump. But the rest has to be on the work. It's all overrated past the first year or two. Even in the first year, you don't know. But what I was thinking is that Boyd had a good share of targets being on that team last yeah. year. Um, I think he had an outrageous share of targets. I don't know. I thought it was somewhere around. I can look it up. But I think he, he averaged almost double-digit targets in that season. Um, I don't know the stats on it as a person who um... – as a person who had his eye on Tyler Boyd in most fantasy leagues or had him in most fantasy leagues, I, I know that uh, I know that he was much better with Joe Burrow than he was without Joe Burrow. <laughs> I think I had him in two leagues and I traded for him in the third league. But I traded for him after the Joe Burrow, you know, one of those classic uh, buy lows. Yeah. Uh, so it shows here. He had 15 games on 110 targets. Uh, so, yeah. And that was after the Joe Burrow injury. So you're looking at, you know, you're floating close to that 10. And I'm sure he would have gotten 10 if Burrow didn't get hurt. Yeah. So I don't think he's going to have that target share having two new weapons and a, a Joe Mixon on the field full time if that makes sense. I think that target share is going to drop to like six. Yeah, but it was, it was also an efficient, seven. it was also an efficient target share. They, they, they actually completed a lot of the passes that, uh, that, that were thrown back and forth. So. A lot so, because the defense wasn't so hot. Yeah. So there was a lot of catch up on uh, Joe Burrow's part, but yeah, if we're going to rank them, I would say Boyd, and then I would go Mixon, but as in receiving yards, but I wouldn't be surprised if Mixon ends up, being such a security blanket with that O-line that he becomes – and you guys said 15 in the league. I would push him up to top 10 in the league. Um, you could uh, call who? that what you want, but Joe Mixon. You guys said him as the top 15 running back in the league, uh, um, and then you guys went back and forth a little bit. You know, you went through the AFC and naming your um, – yeah, I mean, in the AFC. I don't know. I, I, I still see go it. Go as bold 15, as 10. But I, I know we I, also I differ mean. on um, – I know we also potentially differ on people like, um, I don't know, uh, Zeke Eckler. Zeke so will be – I think most Zeke of the, the most running back rankings – but... Most of the running back rankings, when you get uh, to that 7 to 20 range uh, – um, you're better off playing matchups than set and forget anyway. Uh, here's then, then I'll set it as Joe Mixon will be for the first year a set and forget running back. Oh, wow. Okay. I think I, 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 I like the so. nice bold claim. I think so. And I, again, you could ask Ray, who's had Joe Mixon in almost every other league that I played with Ray Corbo. Shout out Ray Corbo. Quad dad. Ray Corbo will be appearing on a uh, on a show that's coming up 
after the division series, and it will be a second chance show. Very interesting. We'll be utilizing his skills as a fantasy football player and a uh, and as um, a psychologist. So, mm, fun. The second chance series is uh, is definitely going to be a fun series. So, yep, that's my Joe Mixon take, though. And uh, like okay. I said, you could ask Ray. I've never liked the guy. Never loved everyone's analytics on him. I thought they were weird. Right. I know you had a few things to say the about the the Browns receivers too. So I'm yes. just gonna I'm just gonna sit back and lean back. Allow you to agree lean with back me. and listen. Okay, so the discussion was number seventeen or eighteen. I believe it was eighteen as a tandem in the league. First of all, I think anyone who has Landry alone has set themselves up with a pretty good number one. I think. Even in that division, Landry, and we're assuming Landry is the number one if Odell is only half an Odell. Um, Landry, I would take over Juju, who I think is the number one on that team. I would take over Boyd, who I think is the number one on that team. And I would take over, I mean, the heck, Baltimore's wide receivers are just there for show. They're not even actually playing. But who would you say is now Baltimore's number one? I would say by the end of the season, Rashad Bateman is going to be the number one. Okay, but I'd still take Landry because that's a that's a question of I have to think of his name. So, so are we saying that Jarvis Landry is the best wide receiver in the division? I I would say if Odell comes back half of an Odell, if Odell comes back seventy five percent of what he was, I believe and. And all, all the all reports, pitch. all the reports from the coaching staff and the trainers and everything are saying that this is the best version of Odell that the Browns have seen. Okay. So in that case, it's really on Baker Mayfield at that point, who, you know, I don't like. I mean, I mean, if he's listening, which I doubt, I don't like him very much. I don't watch think some uh, watch some offseason <sighs> stories and some offseason uh uh, I heard that, and I was like, footage. do I want to? No, uh, uh, I will. I, I do. I am curious. I do think the Browns are the best team in that division. I don't think it's even close. Um, I am a Steelers fan as a disclaimer, and I'm pretty hard on them. Even when they went 11-0. I Browns might be the hard. best team in that conference, let alone that Conference? Division. No. And I could explain why. Uh, because Baker is inconsistent. And it's the Browns. That's about it. There's no okay. <laughs> uh, I know that defense is a. It could be. I think borderline top five. It's not. If we ran down the top five defenses, um, it's yeah. It's uh, Miles Garrett, defensive player of the year. It's not even. I've been saying it for months now. There, there, there is no question in my mind that that guy's going to win the award this year, unless he gets in. I mean, I have to. I have to use a pick on him and Lowe's. Oh, yeah, you have them in loaf, so. <laughs> I do, so I don't have to. Um, that's a good thing to have. That's a good problem to have. Yeah, I think defensively, I think, and you could take this as you will, when the AFC North plays each other, I don't think it matters what defense or offense you have. I think it all goes out the window. and It's, it's like going to be a whoever doesn't get the most it, penalties. Yeah. I think it's whoever doesn't have the penalties and um, it usually ends up being that that's the case the team that has under 100 yards and penalties you know ends up taking the win 
the team that doesn't assault another team with uh, with a football yeah. helmet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh gosh, only in the AFC North can we still I, play. I like can't believe we didn't mention that in yesterday's show either. Listen, <laughs> well, it's been a year removed now, so we're okay. Everything's fine. All is forgiven. Honestly, I, I I thought it was more of an eye-opening moment that that's how puny of a backup quarterback we have that someone could rip off his helmet that easily, <laughs> grab it from his hands or whatever, and bonk him on the head with it. Uh. But I digress. We'll go back to Baker. I'm not a huge fan. I don't – everyone thinks he throws the deep ball so well. You know, analytics say this and that. Um, I don't. I mean, I mean, I, I can't I rebut know. anyone who's who's saying that they they think that Baker isn't. You know, I, I I can't rebut it like with you saying it. I can't rebut it with Ethan saying it. I'm just saying that uh, if it isn't him turning the corner with with all the and it, it's just off season stuff yes. that, that I'm basing it off of. And if it isn't him turning the corner, like every Every longtime quarterback in the league has that one year that they outperformed who they were the rest of their uh, who they were the rest of their career. Yeah, I think we're gonna get that year from Baker, and so I you guess think in the stars align. Yeah, and in maybe in 2022 it goes back to same old Baker from 2020 and 2019. But there's something about there's just something about this off season that. And again, it's I, I can't explain it beyond the whole, uh, you know, anyone who's listening to these shows, I haven't made a lot of gut calls like I, I've tried to base everything either off the head. And sometimes when the Jets got involved, it was uh, or Patriots got involved. It was some heart calls. But uh, at, at the same time, oh, yeah, and there's also some heart calls against some other teams, too, like Raiders. But <laughs> um, so I, I can fully admit to that. You know, you, you get a couple of gut calls in the offseason, and I'm calling this one a gut call for me that uh, I, we're going to go into the quarterback seat at the end of the show. I think that Baker Mayfield is going to be the best quarterback in that division this year. Um, I could I could say that if with his healthy weapons, I could say that I don't think there's a challenge to that. But I wanted to go as bold as saying that Joe Burrow would somehow be the best quarterback. You know, I think division. I think I have Burrow as my number two anyway, and then Ben I and mean, then Lamar. <laughs> see, I had it as Burrow, Baker. If Baker doesn't mess up, listen, Baker's going to have a healthy Odell, a healthy Landry, a healthy backfield, which you can put them anywhere. A great tight end, you know, good old line, great defense. The guy literally just has to flick. He just has to hike the ball he literally yeah. just needs to hike the ball and just let it flow. And if he cannot do that this year, the Browns have successfully drafted another quarterback that does not do anything proper. Yeah. He had a great he had, he had his best year last year. Like we could confidently say that. His best year last year even though he had like less yards, I think less yards overall. I think his consistency, his you know, his numbers he was very stable. He was more game manager last year, which got them that many wins. But, you know, this is also the same team that in in the playoffs, you know, they beat the Steelers 
um, because the Steelers imploded, if that makes sense. And, you know, they had a terrible last six games of the season, the Steelers. Yeah, um, the, the Steelers got throttled because, because of their own poor play in that playoff yeah. game. And the, um, and the only reason they won was because of the Steelers were playing backwards, apparently. And then they decided to turn it on in the third. But but that's kind of my point, is if you were Baker Mayfield with the weapons you have and the consistency and fill in the blanks, that game, should you guys should have put up 100 points because 30 of those points were from the Steelers. And that's I'll fair. be the first to admit that that's all on the Steelers. And the, I think the final score, I just pulled it up. 48 to 37. Though, you know, I will give up. some uh I will give some credit to the to the Miles Garretts and the Olivier Vernons of the world for for uh for what happened there. The Steelers stuff. Oh, absolutely. But the no, I don't even think in history we've seen a, an offense give up essentially 30 to, to 40 points. An offense give up. <laughs> That's insane. So but then we go back to the only reason the Steelers had a chance of getting in there is because, you know, I've told you their greatest weakness is not Big Ben being old is not their Deontay drops a lot. It, it's their O-line and their coordinators. You know, people sing high praises about their offensive and defensive coordinators every time I watch a game, and it makes me cringe because in the last five to ten years, I can go back as ten years before, you know, um, wow, LeBeau, last defensive coordinator, the great LeBeau. Yeah. Right? Yes. So since he's left, it's literally just been a matter of raw talent. If you look on paper as talent and age ago, the Steelers should be a wrecking force of a defense, but they have no coordination. That's why they let up so many yards. You know what's so funny? As I was reading through the, the Steelers lineup off the depth chart last night, I was like, how is this team not better than than I felt they were when, when I was when I was watching them a few different times last year? Because the, the paper test versus the eye test, it's kind of like oh man, uh, paper definitely favors the Steelers. Oh yeah. And even eye test, you see like they're set up all wonky and you're like, what is this? What is this? Well, TJ Watts a monster. We didn't but say TJ Watts' name T- enough last night. T- between listen. That defense is pure talent. That's the only reason they went 11-0. That O-line crumbled last year. Now it's worse this year. It, I, it's going to be hell or high water for Big Ben. It's, you know, and I know you're so high on Najee Harris, but I, I don't see it. I don't see it at all. I, like, I don't, like, first of all, even if you had a good O-line. It's not about the situation. It's about the talent. Back. Yeah. He's got that I, little I know, stutter step talent, that Le'Veon had, and and he and he can plow through people too. He's like a hybrid of he, Le'Veon and the bus. Yeah, but watching film of him even today, he did a lot of that against unranked college team. I mean, he did like a, lot a lot of, of that. his highlights. He he did that a in lot the, of his highlights uh, were unranked. He did that in the uh in in the title game too, though. I understand, but at the end of the day, we're also talking about college students, not speedy okay, linebackers okay. who literally rip your I'm head off. I'm just going to simply and say then, I'm not I the know. only person projecting not to be big. It's, it's, uh, it's not a, it's not a um, universal thing or anything like that, but 
There's probably no, two know. out of three experts expect, uh, projecting big. You should make a list of all the predictions I've, I've made. This way they don't get out of hand. But I think Joe Mixon is the best running back in that division unless Lamar Jackson can run a full season. Uh, I, I still think it's Nick Chubb. but Oh, wait, sorry. I forgot about Chubb. The thing that concerns me about Chubb, and he would have the rushing title hands down if it wasn't for Kareem Hunt. He would, he would outdo everyone. Honestly, he would destroy Derrick Henry, I think, this year. This year specifically. But this year Kareem specifically because Henry has to regress this year. He's not, he's not going to run actually, for 2,000 I think Henry does again. better this year. What? I just think, I think Henry does better this year. You I think Henry think goes over 2,000 yards yes. again? Oh, yes. Let me explain, my friend. But let me just say, I just <laughs> think the O-line for the Browns and the offense and having Odell take the top off now. Um, wait, we didn't even finish that tandem discussion. How do you not have Landry and Odell as a top five tandem? Like, who are you taking if Odell is as healthy as they say that he is? Okay, so you, you're sorry. taking Lockett and Metcalf. You're taking Jefferson and Thielen. Um, okay. Definitely. So the that's the obvious one and one a. If we're not including tight ends, we can't include Kansas City. Uh, and I'm not willing to include tight ends. So I, I don't include. I think it's a little dark horse. I think that Debo and Ayuk could potentially be better. I think if we're yes, I I do like the way they 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 look, but I've only seen them individually. Really, they, one's always been hurt. Yeah, that, that's that's the problem. They both have to stay healthy long enough to be yeah, considered a duo. To be a tandem. <laughs> uh, so let's go. AFC North, they definitely take the cake. We go AFC South. Uh, you have oh, you, uh, my, my dad, Julio uh, Jones. AB and Julio, yeah. I. <laughs> but then we can discuss about that in a little bit because if you think about it, if, if Odell does come back, and they're both healthy, Julio or Odell, or, or Odell, I just think it's almost like a tie, right? Those two. And then you're talking about A.B. I think, and, well, yeah, I, I think A.B. edges out Landry. Yeah, I, I think, think uh, A.J. AJ Brown is definitely better yes. than Landry. Uh, but yeah. I, I could so see that Odell performing there. close to Julio, if not a little better. Yeah, so it's close. So, um, um and Mike what Evans, do we got, ben? Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, never healthy and on the field at the same time. Well, then I love Mike Chris Evans, Godwin. Antonio I Brown, or Chris Godwin, over. Antonio Brown. <laughs> I think Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown will be the mo- most we see together. I, I've always thought that Mike Evans was just a product of being tall and James Winston hailing it up. I, I um, think there's some combo of Bucks wide receiver that that is better than what the Browns have, though. Okay. So let's do that. Let's say that. I don't know, man. If you told me Odell or Mike Evans, I would take Odell. If you told me Odell or Chris Godwin, I think I would take Odell. If you told me A.B. or Odell, A.B. is just old and crazy now, so I would take Odell. So that would, I think he beats out their number one. And if I think Landry is the number one right now as it sits, as a Brown, I don't know about that. I think Landry matches up with Godwin very well. And then it's just who do you take, Odell? We're taking some liberties to assume that the 2020 season doesn't mean much of anything at all. Well, but I could see the Browns' wide receivers being better than 
not not as a trio, but as a tandem. So stack two versus two. I could see yeah. the argument for the Browns having a better tandem than the than the Buccaneers. Um, yes. If we're going to assume that most of 2020 was was an aberration and uh, it COVID jacked up the league last year, which honestly I'm you know I I've come out a few times and said I, I'm willing to forgive almost anything from 2020 to be completely yeah. honest. So saying that you're saying that you could see the Browns. I, yeah, I could see the Browns better being higher there. Yeah. Okay. So that's, well, now we're in the NFC South. So we went from the AFC South to the NFC South. You're killing me, man. How about this? Let me just pull up the NFL team and then we go through it again. All right. Well, okay. That, that uh, fair, right? The Bills, the Jets, the Patriots don't have it. The Dolphins have, um, uh, Will Fuller and, and uh, Jalen Waddle, which I think is interesting, but I don't think it's where did, them where's Devontae year. Parker in that? Where's I think Devontae Parker? Parker's wide receiver three by the end of the year on that team with Will Fuller, who's always on like IR. I don't know, man. Parker, uh, I mean, if Will Fuller's we're assuming that these players are healthy when we're talking about them. Uh, right? I even think I think a, a healthy Devontae is better than a healthy Will Fuller. He's a, he's got more. I think he's just got more in the in the form of a little bit of everything. Height, speed is pretty comparable between the two. Um, hands, I'd give it to Devontae. I've seen some crazy catches out of Devontae Parker. Okay. Not Adams. I mean, okay. So, but either way, I still would take the Browns, right? Yeah. So let's go Raiders. I would take the Browns tandem. Patriots. I would take the Browns tandem. San Francisco. We said if. You know, Ijuke and Samuel show something. If they can stay healthy. They need to stay healthy, though. I think that's an interesting one to watch. Green Bay, there is no tandem. It is Adams and only Adams. Yep. Um, Seattle, we already acknowledged. So that's two. Yeah, Seattle's a top three. It's. Yeah, easy. Probably Uh, a top. Philly. Philly, nobody's in Philly. I don't even think Philadelphia residents live there any amount more uh minnesota vikings we said absolutely they they're fantastic minnesota Denver vikings Broncos. are number one anyone not ranking yeah. the vikings one doesn't know what they're talking about really i would say that seattle is gives it a fight for number uh, one you know though. what i i just think tyler metcalf is uh, not tyler metcalf tyler lockett is starting to get a little inconsistent like he has games that he's really huge and then he has games where the age is t- starting to set in. But is that a product of him like dropping passes, or is that just a him of like a product of I'm Russell Wilson, I'm gonna throw seventy passes to DK Metcalf today. I'm Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett's gonna go for eight touchdowns today. You know, I I don't know Could if that's be that, more but Lockett. I also take Justin <laughs> Jefferson over DK Metcalf every day of the week too. Really, DK Metcalf is a stud, and he's the number one. Jefferson. Is the number two still? I think Thielen is still the number one on that team. I mean, Justin Jefferson broke every Randy Moss record his rookie season. That, that to me, uh, I mean, I made this prediction in the NFC North show that uh, Justin Jefferson will be the best receiver in the league within the next two seasons. That's not a bad prediction, but you also have people double covering feeling in an office and offense that had to throw because cook got hurt again and had no real 
solid defense. The Vikings are weird, man. They sign the same people every year. One year they're the top ten defense, and next year as if they have the cheerleaders playing. Like I don't get it. <laughs> well, I mean they um, added, they added Patrick Peterson and Dalvin Thompson this year, so, so we'll I, I'm hoping happens. that that means something. All right, so we have Seahawks, Vikings, San Francisco, um, Denver. He's got a pretty decent tandem, but I wouldn't say it's better. Uh, Pittsburgh, we already established that. It's not better. Chicago has Allen Robinson and... Darnell Mooney. Okay, but not better. It's good. It's not better. Yeah. Miami Dolphins, we established. Washington, you have... Uh, McLaurin and Samuel. It's good. It's not better. That's a... I don't know. This is where I think Samuel... I, I, I like Curtis Samuel, Samuel this year. comes in. Yeah, I think if he comes in, which I think he will, and 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 elevates his game, I think their numbers might look better. And okay, Warren is 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 a solid number one with Samuel being a solid number two. You know, it's like having a top tier receiver with a really good number two, which you only see again now. And this is also assuming that Diami Brown doesn't come on hard this year too. If Diami Brown comes mm. on hard, then um, then it, that Washington might definitely have a better receiving tandem. So let let's float that with like that San Francisco maybe. So let's say four. We're at four. New York Giants, Kenny Galladay, and Golden Tate. Is Golden Tate even still there? Uh, Golden Tate's not there anymore. Pick your poison it's between just, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, and the rookie. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's Kenny Galladay think, and a bunch of filler. I do think New York is going to be surprisingly good this year to the point that they're good enough. I know you guys did a whole bit on this, but they're good enough to maybe win those games. Maybe not against Washington, the football team, but I mean, I, I put New York second pace. in the division. So, yeah, I think they, they can squeeze out a one depending on where the, where the, you know, coin, the coin gets tossed, you know? Or, yeah. You know. So we'll see. Uh, but no, so we're still at, we're still below five, right? Uh, yeah. The Buffalo Bills, Stefan Diggs, and someone. I uh, Taylor Gabriel actually, I think will. Uh, yeah, I, I think show up this year. Yeah, I think that that's going to be a thing. So, uh, but I, I also think Diggs is going to hit with getting hit with a little regression. Like how many oh, years see, in a row? Can, how many years in a row can you put up your career uh, career year? I think it'll be the year that he's he is his first year. He's the number one clear cut was last year. Okay. And now next year he will be the number one on a better team with a little bit of help. He is going to dominate this year. But all the AFC opinion. East, I, uh, all the AFC East defenses improved. Yes, but I think I think them as an offense out uh, improved enough to outdo the improvements of those defenses. Okay. Sense. I, and mean, I think Josh Allen, if Josh Allen is half the people's MVP vote, I think it, he's going to have to play a part. Oh, well, Josh Allen Stephon is Diggs the has, most popular MVP bet right now. So, yeah. So, I think Stefan Diggs will be my bold. I sent you this bold prediction is he will be the number one wide receiver this year. Yeah, but let's not give up too many yards. of those. Like, uh, let's, uh, I definitely <laughs> let's want save, you on for an save. award and prediction show. Oh, we can keep going. All right, so, uh, but no tandem there yet, I don't think. Uh, Tampa Bay, we touched on. I still think the Browns are better than the, any combination. 
Baltimore Ravens, they don't have a wide receiving core. New Orleans is Michael Thomas and I mean nobody else really. Michael Arizona Cardinals. Deontay Harris if he's healthy. That's decent, but I don't think it's better than the Browns. Uh, Arizona Cardinals. Who? Arizona Cardinals. Hopkins and I think uh, Arizona Cardinals have the potential to have uh, a top tandem because they have DeAndre Hopkins and a bunch of people who might. I would take Arizona as a tandem over the Browns. Yeah. I think if you take Hopkins and A.J. Green or Hopkins and Larry Fitz, I think they will combine for way uh, more. I'm, I'm I think even AJ willing to Green think that it might be Hopkins buy. and Rondell Moore. Ooh. And who's the other guy? Is it? Do they still have Christian Kirk? They still have Christian Kirk, too. That, that, that's what I'm oh, saying. Like, interesting. I feel like I don't know There's who the tandem is, but I think a tandem will emerge. Yeah, so Arizona, I think I'd put over them. So that's one, two. Six. Uh, I think I we're think. at five. Six. Yeah. Hold on. My computer decided to stop scrolling. One, two, three. Um, we said Washington was a maybe four. Uh, five is Arizona Cardinals, and then Tampa Bay was our last. Eh. All right. So, so that's where we're at. We're at five right now. Ahead so we don't that. need to go through the rest. They're. They're somewhere yeah, we're, borderline top five, definitely top ten. Yeah, because then you have the Titans, the Rams, which I like. I've always liked Wood and oh, Wood and Cup and are definitely Cup. In, this, in this conversation. Cup. Yeah, yeah. Colts have a, a rotation of I think that whole discussion of a tandem. Uh, Dallas Cowboys have a fantastic tandem. Oh wow! They have a, they have okay, a, so maybe yeah. it's not it's not top five then. They're they're a borderline top ten. Top 10. Yeah. They might be there. You might want to sneak them as like number seven, right? But they're definitely not double digits. They're not close to double digits in my eyes. Like we're going through every team in the league and we're saying, you know what? A healthy Odell is a good, is, is anyone's number one. And Landry last year was a number one. So, and we need everyone to understand this. This is solely conditional on Odell being healthy. And the reports and being true that this is the best he's looked since he's been a Brown. And Baker throwing the ball yeah. to them. I so think we're, this is like, we're not yeah. saying that a, uh, a half-injured Odell and a Baker who isn't going to be throwing well this year, it, it's not a conversation if, if we're having that. Like, I'm not, I'm not even sure I'm giving them top 20 if, if Odell is, is still no. dealing with, uh, he, with injury. If he's if Odell is not seventy five percent or higher, they are they are in that twenty twenty five range. Yeah, it's so, Odell at Odell at full peak. It's, it's Odell Beckham Jr. Like we, I, I know people are like, oh, all you think about is the catch. No, this guy was he took an old Eli Manning on being the only receiver on the team with no O line, like fill in the blanks. He put up numbers. I mean, there's, I don't think no he's going to return the giant days. No, but I think he uh, might not. You know, that first season with the Browns was he—he he still had a, a, a an excellent season. Yeah, and it wasn't excellent for his standards, but he was on again a Baker team, a growing team, and I think at the end of the season that's when he got hurt. Yep. 
So it wasn't even a full season. I don't have that up. And yes, we get it that there is injury concerns with Odell too. Uh, we're basing for this off of Odell <laughs> is healthy. Yes. So. So, I mean, um, we, we think, we're giving Debo and Ayuk a pass uh, in this conversation. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> and Ayuk, man, if he could be healthy and whoever throws him the ball, it could be the guy that hands out the peanuts at this point. Watch out because they have to cover Kittle. People are forgetting that. There's just so much strength and talent on that team that if they could just get some guy who's not going to just die driving into the parking lot. Uh, They're my Super Bowl champions. Because their defense comes back healthy. And, like, I don't think enough people are talking about their defense coming back healthy. Like, I don't think that has been a conversation yet in my circle. Of I friends. mean, it was a conversation on my show. <laughs> no, but yeah, but I didn't have it. <laughs> People are like, you know what? This is going to be great. They're going to be, if they, listen, health is such a major issue, but if they, and it's all these ifs and buts and candies and nuts, right? But at the end of the day, the only flaw of that team is, is what like I, I that is the question, and we could, you could do that on a different show. But the question for your listeners right now is, what is the major flaw, major flaw of San Francisco if they're healthy? Because even at quarterback, where people go back and forth on, that's not a major flaw. Jimmy Garoppolo, no, when healthy, well, it's it's, a, it's pretty simple. The major flaw for San Francisco uh, is health. is is, <laughs> is health. Uh, there there is something screwy going on in that health and conditioning department there's something yeah. screwy going on with with the the trainers because you know we already have they already have two season ended injuries in for this year it's just they weren't the high yeah. profile players so but we said we were going to forgive 2020 so we're going to give Move them on. a clean slate but yeah the that's biggest it. issue for the 49ers is health is health because and that's it and then the second biggest issue is what quarterback and and they still have a quarterback that can get them to the Super Bowl. Yeah, which has you know we've seen <laughs> they they so, were they're a quarter away from winning. They really are, and honestly, I think they all come back crazy. If they come back healthy, they're going to be the one of the top fun team like funnest teams to watch most fun teams to watch oh yeah whether you like offense or defense because shanahan is is a master play caller and that that is so by the way shanahan is the best coach in the league as of right now in my opinion um um belichick and reed are starting to get older and starting to show some age i i can't argue that he's like uh, or him or McVeigh. McVeigh is kind of wonky, but McVeigh is also like four years old. So you got to like meaning like his actual age, not his age in the league. Uh, he's he's <laughs> super young. They're both actually super young and they're super successful, which is really cool to watch too. Is that, I, I, and I still like Shanahan division. slightly over McVeigh. No, I, oh, I, I agree. I like Shanahan because I, I think he's like, a wizard with things. I think McVeigh does the simple the things right. Yeah. I think McVeigh does all the simple things right. And you see that with all the simple plays. He got Jared Goff to be a almost like an MVP candidate. Yeah. Like, right? His first year there, you know, 
So he does the simple things right. I think McVeigh though, he could draw you a Picasso and there's a touchdown. Plus he's got the talent around. He's got this crazy raw talent that I'm sure he's helped scope out and scout. Oh yeah. So. I mean, and we can't say enough about John Lynch, but th- this isn't that show anyway. Uh, but yeah, no, but we're going off the, we're off the tangent um, <laughs> back to the AFC North, I guess. I mean, I can talk football all day because um, I used to go into it being just a Steelers fan. I did fantasy football like one year. I started learning names. that side note. If you don't play fantasy football and you appreciate the game of football, Join a really random, tiny league, even if it's free, because you get to learn names and appreciate statistics a lot more, and you can kind of see the game fuller. It, I know it sounds and, weird. And play, and play with IDP. Game. And play yeah, with IDP. Yeah, even IDP. <laughs> like, even me. Like, I'm like, defense is stupid. I, I, like, I am definitely the IDP awareness guy. <laughs> yeah, you are like, you're like what, what dare was for children for drug resistance you are for adults uh, uh pro idp yeah no completely uh, i mean i made a believer so, out of yeah. you who, who just liked offense at first right well i still just like offense i just know how to not how to not jump for linebackers that's another discussion but in our league in this loaf league that gets thrown around in this show a lot um uh people kind of jump for the defenseman before i do um, and my my theory is not only does you know defense points at a certain point it's a lot less um, gapped, but the whole thought process is that depth chart changes so much in the summer that you are better off holding your ground, grabbing a known commodity in offense, and you know. Well, I doing mean, your there's research. also plenty of known commodities on defense too, like. Uh... You know, you're not going to if if you have the opportunity to get Nick Bosa versus Debo Samuel, uh, in a I'm in going a Debo. Oh wow! See, actually, I'm actually, a huge advocate for Nick Bosa that. there. No, Nick Bosa is just another person, but that but that's again, that's not so skewed. Like a Debo Samuel would be a we would say a number two wide receiver, right? Yeah, a Nick Bosa is a number one defenseman. He's not even like a number. Like Devo Samuel's not like a number one offensive choice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Nick I'm just Bosa saying that in this year's draft, there's a chance that uh, Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel are both going to be on the board uh, at a time when uh, at the same I time. Yeah, that's that's kind of <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, yeah, and I've considered it. Trust me. If it wasn't for my current wide receiver situation, I think I would take him. But we'll see what happens. Spoiler alert. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know how we got to that point. I was just saying, be a part of a fantasy team. It helps you understand players' names. Yeah. Kind of appreciate the game more than what it is because at the end of the day, I look at myself as a football fan first, not an NFL fan, a football fan, and uh, then a Steelers fan, um, which is like weird to hear that out of someone's mouth, I guess, nowadays. No, it's, it's kind of true. I, I, I'm definitely a football fan before I'm a New York Jets fan. Uh, don't get me wrong. I still bleed green, and it's it still hurts bad. You might want to get that checked out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gamma so radiation. Team, so one smashed on. <laughs> that's basically your persona, I guess, when the Jets are playing again, because they're definitely not winning when they're playing a game. 
Let's see this year, though. Should be interesting. Um, so AFC North talk. I think we ranked our quarterbacks, right? You, yeah. You and I. I think we covered everything. Baker it's just we, Burrow, we went back uh, to the uh, wide receiver thing. And edit some things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Mark Andrews, the way that's shaped out, is going to be surprising. I think the Steelers digress a lot. If you want me to rank the teams, I do think it's Browns. And then that's it. That's all really that matters. Uh, you don't think they have a second playoff team? No, I don't think. I think um, – I do wow. think they could split their series. It's weird. I think they could all split their series. But my confidence in the coordination and the O-line of the Steelers, uh, my confidence that Lamar not getting hurt and just that defense now looks like a high school team in comparison. Um, so I have a not quick question. Be comparable for that offense. And then the O-line for Joe Burrow. Um, I think – I think Cincinnati, out of any year right now, has a solid chance to finish number two and make it to the playoffs. It could be the first year we don't see a Steelers or a Ravens team in the playoffs. Wow. So I, I do have to ask this. Um, if you potentially only have one AFC North team in, in the playoffs, that means you really either love the West or the East. Which one is it? Because um, one of – you have one of those two divisions, so three teams. But you're not mentioning the South. You think the South gets three teams? So you're I'm, saying it's going to be a two-two split all the way through, except for one of those divisions. Except uh, for the I, I'm saying so. That you're, it's pretty obvious that it's going to be the Titans and the Colts at this point. Yes, and then you're saying it's obvious that it could be Kansas City and um, the Chargers, and then yeah. you're going up to. So you only think the Bills take the East? You don't think the Patriots have any form of bounce back, or the Dolphins have? Oh, any I, form I of think th- I think the Patriots do have a bounce back in them. I'm just oh, it, it's a split. It isn't. Uh, it's not eight playoff teams. It's seven playoff teams. Never mind. I yeah, forgot so, that for a moment. So, so it would it would literally be it would literally be two two two, and then you're saying where's the extra one? Is it in the North or is it? in the east or could there be a third team in the south or west i think if this lawrence guy is what they say is i think we'll be surprised with the jaguars um i think you have crazy wide receiver talent and running back talent their o-line isn't that bad i mean i saw I you saw like the jaguars more than, the Bengals, huh? more than the Bengals, no because joe I think you I like just think the, because like the Jaguars able to... more than the Dolphins. See, I would say if you're going to pick a team from the north, the east, you're not taking anybody from the west other than the two we already mentioned. The Raiders are going to go nowhere fast, and I think um, the Broncos. I, I don't even think they're an NFL team anymore. Um, I mean, I think if they get Rodgers, that 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 changes, but. I, I doubt that happens, and I I know that oh, I, I don't think it happens. Quarterback, I've I've been I think, a very I know they strong opponent whole, of it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it happens. I, I think that's just all all noise. I think I think Aaron Rodgers is going to play as a Green Bay Packer, have a revenge tour, rip every other record, sign off into the sunset, and wait to come back as like a Viking and rip them, rip their heads, kind of like Brett Favre did. Uh, anyway, that's that narrative because that would work out because the Vikings 
don't think are Love and Kirk Cousins. And it's, it's what a great opportunity to move on. Aaron Rodgers, go to that team. They actually have receivers other than one person. So uh, that's my segue yeah. there. But um, So you're saying it's Bengals or Dolphins. I think that's a toss-up depending on how Tua progresses. But I like Burrow as a quarterback more than Bengals Tua. Patriots? Bengals versus Patriots. Um, that's a fun one because I do think Cam has his year this year. I think because of the way the season was last year and him getting COVID, yeah. he wasn't just – he wasn't able to just the condition get through it. Um, I, I they're going to be fun to watch, and their wide receivers kind of started blossoming at the end of the year, so that was fun to watch. I think it's Mayers and one other guy, right? There's like two guys who uh, kind of took Harry. turns. And they there had Alcala- Aguilar and Bourne. So yeah, I think that'll be some fluff. They have 17 running backs, so someone's going to have a carry. Um, their defense, even if they're bad, there's been well, yeah. The Patriots have a great half. running game, but if they just don't have uh, they just don't have anyone you can draft for fantasy football. There's not one person on the team you would draft for fantasy football. I've, I'm convinced. Even their cornerback doesn't want to play for them right now. So um, yeah, there's someone I, I on the think... team you draft. You draft uh, uh, Stefan Gilmore. <laughs> I think to make the wild card. Maybe Kyle Van Noy. Yeah, I think to make the wild card as an AFC team, I think you could have like the nine or ten win season, and and the tiebreaker, right? Huh. So, see, I'm under the impression the a, 10 is, is, a ten and seven season is going to miss in the AFC. Really? Because it's like who who do you, so you see Kansas City and. Uh, Chargers, I think they they do very well. They break. They I, I just break think 11, the Raiders easy, are like a, a ten win team that's going to miss. No, I think the Raiders are like a, a seven win team that you're going to. I think they're bad. I don't think there's any. They didn't even do anything this year, this off season that made you say, you know what? They clearly want to win. No, they, it's, it's as if they just want to lose. Um, like you can go through it. We we could sit in this AFC discussion all day, but. Um, I think even the AFC North, you're going to have the Browns at like, let's say 14 wins. They could pop 14 wins. It's, it's definitely doable. You know, um, I, I haven't been bold enough to predict the Browns on 14 wins, but I, I'm a little curious as to why I haven't gone there. Uh, because, because you look at it, I think the Ravens defense is bad. I think the Steelers defensive coordinator is bad. And I think, the Bengals defense is bad. And, you know, and I predicted the Browns beating the Chiefs week one, too. So it's not even like I don't. That's as bold it. as it gets. They're yeah, not so doing I, that. I should have so. them at 14 wins, right? And you also have them ranked as like a top five defense. Do you not? Yes, I do. And I also and said that I think they could be the best in the conference. So, and you also. Yeah. So, yeah. Where are you going here, man? They got to have 14 wins to be the yeah, best. They have to have 14 wins for everything else I've said to be true. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but like if you work it down, higher. see Kansas City. I don't know if they go higher. They're still the Browns, man. And again, <laughs> that division, I think it's just an even split through. I don't think anyone wins their their series. I think, I think, you know, typically historically, the AFC North they they go into that split mode a lot, and I think that would be. I think any year this will be another one of those. You know, 
Ravens take it at home against the Steelers and Steelers take it at home against the Ravens. You know, That's fair. And so on and so forth. Whoever has the home game is going to have that slight advantage. I like how we um, brought it back um, to the AFC North at the end. So yeah, uh, because I definitely would I do love think to have you on for split. I definitely would love to have you on for a an awards prediction and um sure. and a uh, like a top of position prediction show in the in the near future. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe we can get a third person on too to add some to some chaos. Like see if you, me, and Josh can line up at the same time. I think that would be very fun. Yeah, I think um, if you, we can do a three-person way, I think you might have to do video just so we can coordinate with one each other. But what would be cool is if we submit our list to you prior and you don't take your uh, cunningness and create counter-arguments, but you create um, maybe some digital content, maybe some media, maybe some some big boards, but our version of, like, number one this and number one that, you know, old I, fantasy predictions. If I can get it, you know what? I, I haven't worked on the video portion of it yet, but I know in Zoom that it would be very easy. It, you know, it doesn't need to be our faces. It could just be boards, like you said, of what yeah. we said, uh, because there's definitely a this screen lock there. on this thing. Um, I will try to get that figured out by the time that show comes yeah. around. Um, That'd be fun. Which, which we would be with, with hopefully going. in the next few weeks. Yeah, we we have to definitely make our predictions before the season starts. Yeah, we definitely uh, have to have those written down. I know Josh is going to go Justin Herbert uh, as far as MVP, so that's definitely going to spark in, interesting conversation. Hmm. I will say this: I already told. I think I. Well, my MVP is pure vanilla. I think that it's Pat Josh Mahomes. Allen. Oh. You think so? I think Tyreek. I think, I think Tyreek Hill and Kelsey being the only two options for him is going to show this year. I ju- I just think that there's something you know. Uh, he's saying he's the right things this off season. Like it's kind of like the only record I care about is the being the first team to go twenty and zero and stuff like that. I I think a lot of the Chiefs' problem last year, uh, you know, besides the Playful. obvious injuries in the line was immaturity playfulness yeah so and honestly even beyond that line if you go back and watch that super bowl it was really the receivers so yeah i want to know that they want it and that's where i was saying like i you know everyone's pick is going to be patrick Mahomes. he's just there's nothing like him he's you know yeah i just think that they're too talented as a whole and they realize that let Last year was the wake-up call. They realized, oh crap, we can't pl- uh, we can't play on cruise control and win. Nope, nope. And, and I then, think oh that, crap, we need an O line. <laughs> so, so as far as I like, obviously, I'm concerned about Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is going to be if he plays this year, he's going to be playing with such a massive chip on his shoulder that no watch matter out. what team he plays for, no matter what team he could literally play for the Texans this year. And he'll be and throw for 400 yards and four it. touchdowns every game. I, I he'll probably throw it to himself every game <laughs> at that point. But that's what like he's going to be very bad. He's going to be who an knows ACL. if uh, if there's um, if we have some more concrete Aaron Rodgers news uh, before we do that show, then uh, then I I might switch from Mahomes to Rodgers. And I get it that 
I get it that those are very vanilla predictions. Uh, but I but I still think Mahomes would outdo Rodgers. I think Rodgers has his revenge tour, but I think Mahomes somehow, if you're going with your vanilla picks, I think Mahomes would be the vanilla pick. And I think he would – I think he's just going to do leaps and bounds this year. Um, but I do – I do – I do question the wide receiver number two on that team. Okay. I do. And I, I think fair. they need to fill in that blank. I think they need to fill in that blank for him to be a clean cut vanilla pick. But because there is that blank, uh, it makes me wonder like, and you know, I'm going to add mantle. spice either way. I'm not going to stick with vanilla all the way. Through. Yeah. I'm, I'm oh, no. I'm definitely going to do some sort of uh, stupid. Uh, I think you need to, I think you need like a one, a two, a three, and a stupid, like a one being Mahomes or a Rogers. A two being, like you said, like a Justin, like someone that's realistic. A three being like a, oh, that's realistic, but that's far. And then a four being like, really? Jameis Winston, really? So I think, <laughs> I think that's how you standardize it because I think it helps you understand the full league too. Because my, my dark horse, not stupid one, I guess my number three pick, I'm not going to tell you. But I don't think anybody's no, thinking no, we, about it. We should it. not be revealing dark horses. At no, this point in time. not not. I, I I mean I think Pat Mahomes is everyone's number one, right? He comes back with vengeance, wants to come back twenty and zero, you know. But I think a lot of the question marks on your like again, the number yeah. one choice is is who's that wide receiver too? Is Pringles going to show up? Is Hardman going to live up to that expectation? The MVP award, like these guys win it overcoming an obstacle like if he had yeah. a, a a pure wide receiver too this is why uh, this is why i would never consider a ryan tana like ryan Tannehill could go out and and be the the number one quarterback in the league this year i wouldn't consider Tannehill for the mvp at all because he's got too many guys around him does that make sense but at the same time last year he had and he had a great season last and, year and uh, he been hold fun. on one second And I have officially overstayed my time. So uh, yeah. I'm just going to uh, jump on the closing right here because we're definitely talking about a future show. And um, yes, yeah, so uh, everyone, this is the J-Bill for Real podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, uh, Zach, I want to thank you uh, for being a huge part of today's show. I Again, I'm sorry yeah. for the abrupt ending, but we, we did go a little over. Yeah, <laughs> we, we went very over. I think we said 30 to 40 minutes and we're at double that. So. You got two shows out of this. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, but um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, thank you to Anchor for hosting the podcast. Thank you to World and Sport for allowing me to write NFL articles for them. And a uh, huge thank you to you, Zach, for being a part of it. And thank you to everyone who's listening, everyone who's rating. I just really appreciate the growth that we've seen with the show. And uh, I really appreciate you guys being a part of this. Uh, hopefully, the Jamal for Real community on Facebook will grow. That's going to be linked in the show notes. And uh, we can have more shows like this where, uh, where we do rebuttals and add-ons to, to shows that have already taken place. Because, uh, you know, it, it's, all, it's all about talking sports and having fun. So... <laughs> And that's what that's yeah, what this absolutely. whole thing is. I'm not, the, 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 it's just a way see. to vocalize us, put us out there, and literally do nothing but talk about conversations we're having about it. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, this but is now the community trying to build a nice, relaxed, laid-back one where 
yes, it's knowledgeable. Yes, we, we there might be stressful times and uh, debate, but at the end of the day, we're we're just having conversations with friends about football. Oh and, yeah, uh, and stay tuned, people, because once we go past the speculation phase, we could be as good as the TNT inside the NBA crew. We could go into analytics and pranks. <laughs> no more speculation. <laughs> All right. Terrible. But thank you once again. And uh, this is JML signing off for the uh, JML for Real podcast. Have a great day, everyone.